it's hard because even though they're doing such a great job, there's still these people who are not, you know, are not happy and are not comfortable in the school environment and it is having a big impact on their education in general. There are people who have left school for weeks because of their mental issues, um, especially anxiety. And um, it's things like that that can really um, take over all the other problems with a school. Because if your students aren't in the right mental state to learn, then no matter what else happens, they're not going to learn. Welcome to Rotten Apples, where we share the best ideas in education, whether it's learning space design, restorative practice, or simply teacher self-care. We're learning from the experts who cut through the BS and find out what's really working and what's not in our classrooms and schools, making St. Louis home to the best educators in practice today. Hey everybody, welcome to part one of a two-part series that we are running on anxiety in schools. This is an issue that has certainly come home for me in a number of different ways. I've worked with college students who are experiencing this at record rates. Uh, A lot of estimates hover around 40% of students that suffer from generalized anxiety at the college level. But I also decided in this first part to bring on a student, uh, Megan Peach, who is, uh, of course, my daughter. She's 14 years old. And she's kind of struggled with anxiety most of her life uh, at various capacities. We saw it when she was a baby. You know, she was just a kind of a high-strung little kid. And I wanted to explore this in two parts. Number one, I wanted to have a student on. And I decided, not a big fan of nepotism, but I decided to bring her in because I knew that she was going to be okay with doing it. And as a parent or as a teacher, like I wouldn't want to ask somebody else's kid to talk about their generalized anxiety on a podcast where a lot of other people could hear them. But I knew that uh, Meg was going to be fine with it. And so I was very excited when she uh, was actually enthusiastic about uh, sharing kind of what she knew. And so the, the other reason I wanted to explore it, though, is it's not just because it kind of hits home for me professionally and personally. But the statistics that I've been coming across are really, really alarming. The CDC says that uh, most kids is age three to five or so, only ex- they, they've been diagnosed at only like one or two percent um, of kids, but that number goes up to close to 12 percent once they hit their teens. And it definitely goes way up from there. Once they get into college, it, it just it's off the charts. And there are a lot of different theories around why that is. We're going to go a little bit more into that in part two when I speak with uh, Amy Kruger, who has been a gifted teacher for many, many years. And she has watched this happen. Um, she's got a front row seat to it. She's seen it go up and up and up over the years. And so I feel like this would be a good topic for us to talk about because we got to kind of get a handle on this. There's a lot of confusion about it. Um, you know, I think certainly my belief would have been, well, everybody gets anxious. You know, I mean, every there are always situations that make people a little bit anxiety ridden. The problem that I'm finding is that people who actually have generalized anxiety disorder don't necessarily recognize the difference in scale between a minor issue Um, my dog just tracked in mud, you know, through the house versus a major issue. My dog ran off and might be hit by a car. It, those normally register different responses from people. Uh, A lot of people with anxiety don't register the difference between those. Everything feels like it's really urgent. It's a really serious situation. And so it's something that as educators, we're actually in a good position to do something about it. Not that we have, you know, kind of one more thing on our plate. And I certainly do get into that 
um, with Megan as well. But in teaching people correct responses to things and helping them understand who they are and how they can respond, that's something that's definitely um, within our control and probably could be woven into a curriculum pretty easily um, if you did a little thinking about it. So I'm excited to talk with her uh, during the, this first part. It's just a short conversation around what her experiences have been. And then we'll dig a little bit more into the teacher side and you know how can schools actually respond to this to try and help stem this because the trouble is that these numbers are going up and up and up every year and they show no sign of plateauing. And because no one really seems to have a solid idea of why it's happening, um, I feel like teachers would be in a, a great spot to help out. So here we go. Today, everybody, we are going to be talking about anxiety in schools, and we're going to do a two-part series, and we're going to lead off with actually the student view for once to get a much better idea of it. And so today, I have with me Megan Peach. No relation, right? <laughs> Not at all. No. <laughs> Megan is my daughter, um, and she has been brave enough to share a lot of her ideas and her insights to try and give us a much better handle on what's going on here. So, Megan, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? What do you like to do? What are your interests? Um, well, hi. My name is Megan. Um, I really... A little bit about me. I really like animals. Um, I My favorite subject in school would probably be... Uh, math, I guess, if I understand it, that is. Um, it's not much, not much about that. I have, um, I suffer from generalized anxiety disorder, which is what we're talking about today, and, um, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it, yeah. You're, you're kind of interested in animals, that's how you would describe it? Uh, kind of? <laughs> a little bit more than that, but... I obsessed. very much like obsessed. Right? Oh, okay. Obsessed. 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 I guess with we can say yeah, obsessed. There we go. There we go. <laughs> there we go. We're going to be honest about this. So I wanted to lead off in talking to you first, and then we're actually going to be talking to a teacher um, that you know, Ms. Kruger, right? Mm -hmm. Who uh, has a lot of experience in working, you know, with kids who kind of struggle with anxiety. But wanted to get a better idea of what it looks like from the student, and because it's really hard to understand it if you don't suffer from it yourself. It's hard to understand what that, you know, even means. So, because everybody gets anxious, right? Yeah. Like, everybody's anxious a lot. And so, trying to understand what the difference is between just sort of general anxiety issues and, like, a real serious disorder. Mm -hmm. um, those are, that's kind of, you know, our aim here. So, why don't you tell us, first of all, how did you know that your problems with anxiety were different from other, from just sort of general anxiety? Um, well, it took a long time since I had always had anxiety since I was little. Um, it was always kind of hard to tell because, um, when you're growing up, you kind of, it's hard to know the difference between, is this something that everybody experiences or is this something that is different for me and that maybe is a problem that I should look into. And so when I, about last year, about a year ago, I started thinking about things like that and thinking, like, um, what are a few things that I do differently? Um, and some of the things were a lot different. And um, it was funny. I actually watched a YouTube video um, about this person who had anxiety who was just uh, someone I regularly watched. And they made a pretty much different video about that. And um, when they were talking, I was like, 
that sounds very familiar, you know? And so I started thinking about it, and I did some research, and I knew that I had always been a little bit more nervous on the nervous side, um, but I was starting to think that maybe this was an actual problem for me. Um, and that was right around the time that I started getting panic attacks. Mm-hmm. That's when it became a real problem. Yeah, then it becomes obvious, right? <laughs> well, it's interesting that so that you figured this out, first of all, through YouTube, because that's how you guys figure out everything, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's where you go for all of your solutions. Um, but a lot of times, like, it's interesting that the schools will often have programs to help people identify different, you know, health-related issues that you have, but you didn't learn it in school. So if you had no. had a session in the school that said, you know, this is what generalized anxiety is like, you might have identified it a little Mm -hmm. bit earlier. And so this is when you started seventh grade, right? That you started getting it. And so the panic attacks is when it it started becoming, everybody started becoming aware of the panic attack. (laughs) Then then it became an issue. So what does a panic attack feel like? Hmm. That's that's something I uh, get asked often. Um, But so a panic attack is can be confused with an anxiety attack. So a panic attack is something that comes all of a sudden for no reason. You'll be doing whatever you do, sitting in class, getting your coffee, and it'll all of a sudden just happen. Like, like it feels kind of like a wave over So nothing triggered it. It just seemed to come from out of nowhere. Okay. Yeah. And that's what makes it all the more frightening. Because most of the time, what anxiety patients usually say is that the people have described them as they thought that they were going crazy they thought that they were dying it was it's a really scary experience because it's the flight or fight response if you see something scary and you get super nervous um and then your heart starts beating faster you get sweaty you get terrified you feel trapped you don't know what to do and the worst part about a panic attack is that since it comes out of nowhere you don't know what, how to respond to it or what to do because it comes out of nowhere without warning or anything. Um, once you start to feel it, then you know that there's nothing you can do. And once you feel one coming on, then you get even more scared because you know what's coming after it. An anxiety attack happens because of a trigger. Something that triggers an anxiety, something that triggers the attack is classified as an anxiety attack, whether a panic attack is when it comes out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but they both have similar symptoms, but usually an anxiety attack comes from um, something that happens, mm-hmm. something that triggers it, um, and so there's usually a reason for that. So it, mean, it makes more logical sense to you mm-hmm. when it happens. Yeah, okay. And so you started having panic attacks. So we noticed, well, I did. I think I was the only one who saw it the first time. Um, but you were standing at the top of the stairs, and you just stopped... And you were staring, I thought, at me, but maybe not. Like, you started looking off in the distance, and you started getting just, you just got white as a sheet. And you started to shake a little. And it almost mm-hmm. seemed like you were having, like, a physical reaction to something. And I thought maybe you were sick, but you just looked absolutely terror-stricken. And I'd never seen you look like that <laughs> before. <laughs> so you had, I know, a couple at home, but then you had some at school. I mean, what did you mm-hmm. do when you had them at school? I had most of them at school because I spent most of the time, most of my time mm-hmm. at school. Since I had my first few at school, um, your brain kind of associates that location with panic attack, mm-hmm. and that's when it starts happening more often. Um, 
there was research that said that if you were if you were afraid of having a panic attack, you're more likely to have a have panic. One, yeah. And so mm-hmm. that's what makes it worse. <laughs> so it's really hard to stay calm in those situations. But at school, it was there wasn't much I could do um, when I was in school. If I was in a passing period, um, going from one class to the other, and it started happening, which that didn't happen often, but if it did, then I would usually go to the bathroom because um, what makes it worse is, for me personally, is crowds and loud noises and during passing period, that is... There's a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> so I the bathroom has somewhat soundproof walls for some reason, mm-hmm. and so I'd just go in there and sit in the corner for a little bit. And if anyone walked in, I'd just say, hi, like, you know, not nothing's going on here. Uh, and sometimes if Miss Brown, our counselor, was there, then um, I would go to her office. But if it was during a class, then I would ask to be excused to the restroom and go there, trying to look as not terrified as I was. Because um, by the time that I needed to leave the classroom, then I was, it was already pretty bad. Mm-hmm. So, um... Yeah, I tried. I did my best, um, but there were a few times that the teachers would say, not now, and then I'd be even more worried because I'm like, well, I can't stay here. I'm about to cry. Like, you know, mm-hmm. what do I do? And so there were a few times that I was very upset with teachers for not letting me leave. I understand it's my fault that I didn't, you know, let them know that I was they struggling with that. Yeah, they didn't know. Nobody yeah. did. And so that's the that, that was the hard part, you know, for me being a, an educator and a parent you know, I, when putting the teacher hat on, it's like, okay, come on, I've got 130 kids a day, you know, that are running through my room. And so I would have thought that, you know, I've got somebody who just wants to get out of class or, you know, or is having, you know, and the more time you miss out of class, the more information that you miss. And so that was the hard part was explaining it to all of the teachers. And it's hard to explain if it's not something that people really understand. I'm like, yeah, she, uh, she just has these fits where she just absolutely freaks out. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't know what to say about it. You know, this is just what's happening. And so some of them, um, well, they've all, I mean, they all understand now. Mm-hmm. Is that fair to say? You know, they yeah. all understand it, um, which generally. is which is great, generally speaking, yeah. But not all teachers are always going to understand, you know, in mm-hmm. the same way, right? We, we know that. And some teachers were really, like, very, went out of their way to be helpful, mm-hmm. you know, to you, which oh, yeah. was awesome because that makes it so much easier when they understand, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so that got kind of hard, you know, dealing with teachers. And do you think that other kids your age suffer from this a lot? Oh, yeah. It's um, GAD, or Generalized Anxiety Disorder, is the single most common disorder ever, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Um, It is so common. It is, you could be sitting next to the person and not even know, because um, usually people with anxiety don't like to share this information. Maybe some do. Um, But it's, they, again their anxiety takes over and they think, oh, that person's not going to want to be friends with me or, you know, other random things that definitely irrational. Um, but that's what anxiety is. It's irrational fear. But, um, it is so common. It is a lot of several, several, several people have it. Um, it's just, it's, I think because of the, um, the numbers that it comes in, then people kind of under, can underestimate it sometimes and think, well, it's very common, so this person must be fine. But, um, but yeah, it's not, 
it can be very hard to deal with and it can be very scary when you're figuring it out. But once you got a handle of it and know that you're not the only person that deals with it, then it can be easier. So yeah, I would say I know a lot of people who And so kids have to talk about it. Yeah. They, yeah. Because they don't if they don't talk about their symptoms with their friends or their parents, then nobody's gonna know until they have that panic attack. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. And it is very common. You're mm-hmm. right. And it's becoming increasingly common. That's part of the reason why I wanted to do this um, episode. A lot of the research that's coming out is saying that kids in your generation in particular, this is like a big, big problem for you guys. Yeah. And it um I heard a, a researcher explain it to adults in a way that made complete sense. If parents have kids, said that it was, it'd be like going to a carnival and walking with your child, you know, your four-year-old, holding his hand, and then all of a sudden it slips out and he's gone. And you're looking all over and there's lights and there's sound and there's carnival and there's people laughing and doing normal things, but you are in an absolute panic because you can't find your kid. And then you turn around and you see him, you know, over by one of the other rides. And all of a sudden it deflates. Just that that's what an anxiety attack feels like. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. Because every every parent has had that moment where it's just absolute sheer terror because you cannot figure out where your kid's at and then you find them and it stops but it like physically hurts it's it's physically hard on your body (laughs) when that happens Mm -hmm. so mm. okay so do you do you and your friends talk about this um somewhat we usually try to stay away from that because it's just for some people um some of my friends have had very bad experiences that were very harmful for Mm -hmm. them um emotionally and physically um related to mental health and anxiety in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so we usually stay away from that, but sometimes we talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's funny that if you have anxiety or you know people with anxiety, you're more likely to joke about it because that's just, that's what people do. That's what humans do. If you find something really bad that really, that really just sucks, we make jokes about it because mm-hmm. what, what else can you do? And so, that's well, just that's what, what we, we do. do. Our family. Yeah, <laughs> we don't know what else to do with it. So we joke yeah. about it. <laughs> we don't know what else to do. So, um, yeah, but yeah, but I think that there's a line when it comes to that because it's, and it's not like if you don't have anxiety, you can't joke about it. You can. Like it's not. It's not. We're saying you can't. Um, but it's you should always be sensitive about it and say know what to say. Like um, for example, suicide jokes are not okay no. whatsoever. No. No. At none at all, no. not at any way in any form are they okay. You can joke about anxiety. It just you there is a limit. There is a limit when it comes to that sort of thing. But if we were to talk about it, it would be if we had a bad experience or something. So mm-hmm. um, we are very close um, when it comes to that. If we have an issue related to anxiety or mental health or emotion or just in general, we had a bad day. We always talk to each other about it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a very good relationship that. Um, students and teachers should have, I hope, one day. Yeah. It helps to find a good advocate in school, too, doesn't it? Like, yeah. you've had a few good ones, but Miss Brown has been really great, hasn't yeah. she? Yeah. a lot of kids seem to really like her, and mm-hmm. she's been very helpful. Yeah. Yeah. That helps a lot. Good. Okay, so <clears throat> what do you think teachers or schools, I mean, is there anything that your school or any other school could possibly be doing a little differently that might help, you know, kids with anxiety? Um, yeah, I think that there is, um, a few things that schools could be doing differently. And 
I think that schools, well, my school, is doing a great job at this. They are doing their best. They, especially with the handful that they have, like, they're trying to figure out so many problems and they're doing so great and I appreciate them so much. But the thing is, there's always room for improvement. Yeah, absolutely. And it's hard because even though they're doing such a great job, there's still these people who are not, you know, are not happy and are not comfortable in the school environment and just having a big impact on their education in general. There are people who have left school for weeks because of their mental issues, um, especially anxiety. And um, it's things like that that can really um, take over all the other problems with a school. Because if your students aren't in the right mental state to learn, then no matter what else happens, they're not going to learn. They're not going to get it. And so, Yeah. yeah, and I think... We should stress that a lot more. And because I've had teachers who, if I'm not necessarily having an anxiety attack, but I'm just generally anxious because of maybe something happened before or just irrationally anxious because that happens sometimes with anxiety, Mm -hmm. you can just get nervous and be extremely uncomfortable. And so I needed to take a break, get some water, and we were going over something, and I asked the teacher if I could leave, and I explained my situation, and they said, yeah, but this test is very important, we have to go over it. We weren't taking the test, we were just going over it, Mm -hmm. but they were like, this is very important, so we need to go over this. And I didn't want to say it at the time, because I was just too uncomfortable, but I feel like that doesn't matter. Like, I'm not saying that education doesn't matter, but I'm saying if that person is not in the right state to learn, when you go over it, they're not going to be listening. You didn't hear it anyway. No. <laughs> it didn't I didn't matter. hear it. It didn't matter. You, st- you were physically there, but you weren't mentally there. <laughs> no. If you're not, if the student is not in the right mental state, then they're not going to be learning. And so I think some teachers underestimate how much your emotional state can impact your education. And so, yeah. That's the hard part. And that's, so your teacher was right. It was an important test and we need to go over it. But for you, that wasn't going to matter anyway because you didn't hear it. So that, well, so what I wonder is, because schools can't do everything. Like they're, they were designed to teach you math. Yeah. Not to counsel you through mental illness, right? You know, like that's not really what they're designed to do. It does, they can, they can take a lot of steps in that direction. But I wonder if partnering with the groups that are good at this. So you get engaged in cognitive behavioral therapy, right, Um, with your counselor. And that's been really helpful for you, hasn't it? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And so you're able to practice those things. And so even if schools can't do it themselves, partnering with people like your doctor are, are great because she can explain it, you know, to them in a way that makes a lot of sense and they can try to figure out a way to accommodate it. Yeah. And, um, there's this group called Chad, um, and it is all about preventing, um, it's a, it's a suicide prevention organization and they go to schools and they spread awareness about depression and anxiety. And they even send out little slips for little, um, for students to take, um, like a short few questions thing, like, do you maybe think you might have depression or anxiety? Have you ever had suicidal thoughts? Um, and then you hand it to your counselor, or you don't have to. They're very nice about that. Um, and they are so nice, and they, they came to our school last year, and they spoke to all the students about um, the story about their organization is based around um, a high school student named Chad who had suffered from depression for 
I think he said 12 years and didn't tell anyone because he was too scared. Um, and when he finally got help, it was too late. And by the time he was about a month in therapy, he committed suicide. Oh. And so um, that organization is based around helping out um, people like that and helping suicide be less of an epidemic in America than it already is. And so um, I really think that's a great organization that um, you should check out. Yeah, that's a great example of a good partner. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Okay, let's wrap up with some lighter questions. Yeah. <laughs> Not talk about anything quite so serious. All right, so with all the guests, we always find a couple of fun concluding questions so people can get to know you a little bit better. So question number one, right now I am binging on? Um, on TV. I don't watch a lot of TV, but when I do, I watch Friends and Stranger Things. Yeah. I always <laughs> like those shows. I cannot believe how many of you guys watch Friends. I love that show. This show is so old. <laughs> All my friends watch it too. It's a thing. I know, but Avery, your sister, is getting ready to go to college, and that's when that show came on, was when me and your dad were in college. That's how strange this is. Okay, uh, outside of St. Louis, I feel most at home at? Um, well, I've been a lot of places. So. Mm -hmm, you have. Um, I would say I really like... Colorado. When we went to Colorado, I love the cold. I've always had. I've always loved the cold, um, just the snow and hot cocoa. I just love that log cabiny kind of feel. Um, but I think my other place, which is pretty much the opposite, um, in Italy, Capri, um, that is it was so beautiful. The water was so clear, and I loved swimming in that, and it just felt really nice. So. Yeah, two completely different environments you know for sure so great in very different ways they are in very different ways all right uh if i could make up any class at school it would be called um how to be a good person and generally not be a jerk for ah. younger children for younger children because <laughs> because eighth graders don't suffer from that oh yeah totally um i think that um i think teachers kind of not saying anything but i think teachers Assume too much that parents know what they're doing. Like, um, I've had some people You're calling out parents and interviewing with your mother. Generally, not well. Oh. I'm just saying Bulls. there are some people that don't get the help that they need yeah. at an early age, and maybe parents don't know what they're like if their student has or student if their child has behavioral issues or. Um, problems like that, they might not know how to deal with that. I'm saying, I think teachers should have a class or just a session or something to help out parents, like, hey, my child is broken, can you fix it? Like, that mm -hmm. sort of thing. Yeah, um, no, there's, no, there's no requirement. There's no degree required to have a kid. Yeah. So it's all self-learning, and not everybody gets the whole curriculum there, do they? Yeah. And I know home ed already exists mm -hmm. somewhat in our school, but I think that there should be a more defined home ed, like how to do your laundry, how to stay on top of things, how to cook yourself a meal without burning yourself, and like basic things for little children. Like, you know, I know that that butter is really cold, but if you microwave the knife, it's not going to be, no, it's not going to end well. Because <laughs> I've known people who have damaged Say damaged in a microwave. Well, we'll have to see if there's a uh, put your shoes in the shoe bin class. I well, like I could enroll you in that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. 
Uh, well, Megan, thank you very much for your thoughts and your insights today. I look forward to our next segment with Ms. Kruger. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, everyone, I hope you heard something new and useful today. If you want to learn more or have an idea for a future episode of Rotten Apple, just go to educatestl.org where you'll find resources and links from today's chat and fun news and event information for educators all over the STL. Thanks for listening and connecting with all of us Rotten Apples and for doing what you can to get better every single day. See you soon.